Welcome to the vineyard. Good morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. We're glad to have you with us. I sort of tried to say us online and it came out as like one word. Us line. Anyway. I don't even know why I brought attention to it, but I did. So uh, we're glad to have you. We're always... Uh, I just want you to know, we, we appreciate all of you watching us online. We're, we're making a lot of changes to uh, enhance that whole process. We know a lot of people are watching us online now, and, and so we're adding different camera shots and things. So those of you in the building may see things happening. And, and uh, we just want everybody to get some sort of sense of what it feels like to be here, uh, even when they're not here. So we're thankful for that. It's great to be here today. Alice and I were out of town last weekend. Uh, we don't go away very often, and uh, so uh, it's, it's always, I always feel sort of funny after being gone just a week to be back, but uh, I know it went well. We watched online. I want to thank, you know, Pastor Billy and Angie and uh, Fran and Georgina and Doug and Kim and, and Jerry and Alicia and, and Rachel and Jose and I can't, and Doug and, and everybody, and I can't list them all, but thank you for uh, making it possible for us to go and uh, we really do appreciate it, and, uh, and we're very glad to be back. There's no place like home, but we had fun while we were gone. We spent like a whole day shopping. Yeah, yay! <laughs> well, one of us spent the whole day shopping. The other one spent half a day shopping and then chauffeured the rest of the time. Like, I ain't going into another store. I'll sit here in the car, but I'm done. <laughs> I had it. <laughs> but take your time. All is well. I got things to read. Um, so we are in Advent season, as you know. It's actually the third week in Advent, uh, and, and there's four normal topics that are covered. And I don't really have four weeks left, but we're going to work them in over the next few weeks and talk about these amazing topics this time of year. So we're a little pause of our series that we were in, but I'll come back to that as soon as... Uh, we are, are into the beginning of the new year. The main four sort of things I want to cover, and these are historically covered in church, in church during this time of year, uh, are hope, peace, joy, and love. And those sort of correspond to four kind of churchy words that we don't hear very often, but I do think you should know, so I talk about them from time to time. Glorification, justification, sanctification, and salvation. And those are those four topics. Hope is, is, is glorification, and peace is justification, and sanctification uh, is joy, and love is salvation. So that's how they tie together. So we're going to talk about hope today, uh, and uh, so be thinking uh, how that sort of relates to glorification and all the neat things that are happening, which is a very future sort of thing for us. And uh, I love Christmas time of year, so... Uh, and. We get to talk about Jesus. I talk about Jesus all year long, but, but people don't look at me quite as strange this time of year. So that's a good thing. Uh, and uh, so we'll be talking about hope today. And you might say, well, you've talked about hope a, a couple of times here over the last couple of months. And uh, yeah, because the world really needs hope right now. So it's, uh, it's a very important thing. And when you have your hope in the right spot, then, then it's all good. So we'll talk about that. But let's move on to the bad jokes. These are very bad, but I appreciate them very much. A man walks into a library and he asks the librarian, uh, he says, hey, where are your books about paranoia? And the librarian whispers, they're right behind. 
So now I thought that was like brilliant, but it's just getting a tepid response. And it's so much better than the joke you're about to hear. Why couldn't the art dealer pay his rent? He ran out of Monet. Last one. I'll start. Part of this will be true. Alice and I, uh, we had the uh, privilege of going to Alaska on a cruise a couple of years ago. And when we were there, we noticed, and this is true, they had these, these uh, really big black birds. They were ravens and they were these really big crows. It was hard to tell them apart. Uh, and, and here's how you do that. The raven has 17 large feathers on each wing called pinion feathers. And a crow only has 16. So the only difference between a raven and a crow is a matter of opinion. There you go. Alice. Yes, you got applause. Last service. Silent. Silent. Come and pray for us and lead Amen. us. Amen. And try and follow that. Ah, yeah, that's the trick. That's the trick. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome again. It's good to see you. I am just always so blessed in worship when the presence of God falls on us like that. There's so much healing. It's so much restoration that goes on. So I just want to encourage you that if God showed you something or spoke to your heart during worship, take that in. Because it was thick and it was lovely. So, with oh, I want to say one more thing. <laughs> so, my husband's a very good sport because he did two things that are not his favorite for me last weekend. And one was we went to a cowboy wedding and he had to dress up. And he had a hat and he had long pants on. He drew the line at boots. But he did. He looked very handsome. And then he drove me around all the next day to the to shop. And he did go in a few stores, but then he stood, he stayed in the car. So, But still, he was a good sport about it. So, yay to Pastor Steve. <laughs> All right. Let's press into Papa this morning, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we are so grateful for your presence here today. And Lord, during this Advent season, I'm reminded of my humble king that came, born of a virgin, into a manger. But Lord, I'm also reminded that when you come again, you're coming as a mighty warrior. And you watch out for us each and every day. And in between those two things, Father, your humble king and your mighty warrior, we rest. We rest in your presence. And we renew our hope. No matter where we're at in the world, our circumstances, we rest in your hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. And this is the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mm -mm. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Blessed be the word of God. You can be seated. Amen. So if anyone could have been impressed with their sort of Christmas resume, I would say it was Jesus. Um, You know, the Old Testament refers to him as mighty God and prince of peace. And in the New Testament, we find out he's, you know, king of kings and lord of lords. And in that passage Alice just read, you know, we, we find out, you know, again, who he is and what it means and all those things. And the thing is that Jesus knows all that. Uh, he knows who he is. He, he knows every title that's his to claim from the Hebrew Scriptures. And yet, even with all of that information and everything that that means, that's not sort of the lens that Jesus uses to look through the world. And, and, and what he does is he has this tremendous humility. And in this humility, he realizes that all glory belongs to his Father. And, and he walks through this time with us in, in, uh, in humility and with a heart that cares for people. And because of, he knows this hope that's wrapped up in everything, he brings this hope and he sees this hope in everybody that he meets. Everybody that he encounters and he shares the kingdom with and invites into the story. He, he sees the, the amazing hope that's possible for each one of them. The future that they can have. I like to think of that as how he sees the beauty of our potential. And I'm so glad about that with Jesus. That, that you know, before I knew him, when I first encountered him, he saw, he saw the beauty of my potential. I don't know how he saw it, but he saw it. And he sees that in all of us. And he, he takes us and he, he, he relates to us on that basis. And it's all wrapped up in this amazing hope that we have in the promises that we have, and what Jesus is going to do in our lives. And so it's, a, it's this great story, and I, I love that, and I, I love how he was so ready to sort of help every person that he met and just encourage them, and, and that he wants us to be able to do that as well. And so a lot of that is wrapped up in hope, getting our hope in the right spot. Hope is a, is a trustful expectation that God will do and can do the things that he's promised to do. Uh, you know, we've talked about different kinds of hope here before, and I, I talked about worldly hope, and, and the, you know, it, it, which is different than biblical hope, and, and that there, there are three kinds of hope that I've talked about with you. There's casual hopes, and, and there's precious hopes, and, and then there's ultimate hope. And that one of the problems we have is if we're not careful, we'll get them mixed up a little bit. So, so casual hopes are, you know, the ones that I tease about all the time. I, you know, I hope the Dolphins win. Although they're doing better this year than normal. So, uh, but, you know, but, you know it's, it's things like that. Casual hopes. It's, yeah, you know, I hope the weather's nice. I hope it's not too windy. All those things. Casual hopes. Precious hopes. Those are the ones. I, I say that you know your precious hopes. Those are the ones that fuel your prayers. So, so you sort of get caught up in that and, and you can kind of tell those are the ones where you're really sort of leaning in and pressing in. And ultimate hope, our ultimate hope 
is, now that we've discussed many, many times the whole story, is that we understand that there's a time when Jesus is coming back and new heaven comes to renewed earth and everything is brought back to the place that it was uh, in the beginning when, when God's heart was just a fellowship with us and we saw the, the cosmic temple uh, there in the Garden of Eden and, and he just wanted to partner with us and we were going to go from there and make the whole planet like Eden and, and so we had vocation and we had image and we had all those things and yet we chose to go our own way and the enemy comes in and destroys it all. But, but our hope is that Jesus is restoring all things and setting everything new. And so we know that to be the whole story. And so that's our hope. And that's where we put our ultimate hope. And, and so once your ultimate hope is right, then the other ones sort of fall in line. And then, you know, you've got to make sure that's your ultimate hope, that your casual hopes don't become precious and your precious don't become ultimate because that's a fallen world, broken planet. Sometimes things we hope for don't happen and then we get heart sick. But your ultimate hope you can hang on to always. And it allows you then to continue to move into this life in a way that makes a difference because you know that circumstances come and part of those things are because there's, you know, it's a fallen world, broken planet, and we have a very real enemy who's defeated but not departed. But we have a hope because we know that Jesus is coming back. And so we get our hope right. And then once we get our hope right... The writer of Hebrews said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And that's what he's talking about. Um, For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful, and we know him to be faithful. So that's um, sort of what we hang on together. Now, I want to talk about three things as it relates to hope today. I thought for a moment I I might label these points Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. But then I thought you'd think I'd been watching too many Christmas movies. So... Not going to label them that, but that's kind of what it relates to and what that looks like. So let's start here in, in this idea that you have a wonderful promise. And, and let's make sure we, we, we get a hold of that. So we have this amazing promise um, that allows us to have our ultimate hope in everything that God is going to do because he's been faithful to his promises. And once we get a hold of that, we can trust him and we can continue to move on in him. And... Back in Genesis, uh, an amazing thing happens that we want to look at. And before I do that, so Alice and I, after, last Sunday, we went to church. went to the Vineyard Church in Cape Coral and fellowship with them. And it was fun. And I've known a lot of those people for years and years and years. And uh, one of the younger guys was preaching. His name is Jason. He did a great job. And he was doing a Christmas message on grace. And he went all the way back into Genesis 1 to start to talk about grace. And afterwards, Alice said to me, well, you know, you got a Christmas message coming up. Are you going all the way back to Genesis 1? And I went, no, but uh, I am going to Genesis 3. And, uh, <clears throat> and I've kind of talked about Genesis 1 already, but that's nonetheless. But here's this amazing promise, sort of, and it's way back there. And it's right after the fall, right after we had basically said to God, we don't want to do it your way. We want to do it our way. And God loves us so much and just wants to fellowship with us that this rescue plan comes into play. Just one verse. The um, best way to know this is, is the crimson thread of redemption. Everything comes from there. And uh, the, the, God tells the enemy, who had just ruined everything, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. You think, well, what? I'm not sure I even understand 
what's going on. What's one of the promises there? It's filled. That one passage is filled with these amazing promises. What can we learn from that passage? Let me, let me put it back up. First, God's plan, this rescue plan, is centered in a specific person. It's, it's in a specific person, and that person uh, would be a man. We, we know that from that verse. Uh, he'll enter the human race by being born of a woman. So we're not looking for an angel or anything else like that. We were looking for a specific person to come into the world born just the way the rest of us were. Uh, well, kind of. He, he was born in the rest of the way. He was conceived differently, but that's okay. Uh, he will do battle with the enemy. We know that. The enemy is going to strike a blow against him, and that's what the cross looked like. Uh, you know, when, when, uh, when the enemy had stirred up the crowds to holler, crucify Jesus, crucify him, crucify him, just a few days after the same crowd had been, you know, welcoming in and giving in the heroes welcome with the palm branches and everything that was going on after all of that, and here he the enemy thought he had it won. He'd figured it out. I think no one was more surprised than the enemy when a few days later when Jesus messes that up and leaves it all down there and demonstrates he's got power over everything, even death, and he raises from the dead. And, and see, he crushes the enemy with that and his power. Uh, if the enemy hit his heel, and even that you can see in the cross, you know, part of that crucifixion had to do with Jesus being nailed there. And yet... God does it. And so we begin to see these promises. And then as we continue to read through the Old Testament from there, we find out things. We find out uh, that he's going to come from the tribe of Judah, that he's going to be a descendant of David, that he's going to be born in Bethlehem, that he'll be born of a virgin. Uh, There's many, many more qualifications for Messiah, but only one person in history has ever fulfilled them all, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And, And because of Jesus and all that he's done, We have this amazing promise that we can look back to and it allows us to be settled in him and have hope in everything that he's going to do. So because of that promise uh, and because of what Jesus has done, we can have this hope. So we have this great promise to hang on to. Secondly, you have a wonderful life. Well, there I am borrowing from a movie title, but that's okay. I didn't want to overdo it. And actually, you know, uh, this point makes me think a little bit about that movie. And, and let me say, you know, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's not, it's not theologically sound by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a fun movie. But what I do like is it demonstrates the idea that you matter. You make a difference in this life. And so many people think that they don't really make a difference in the world around them. So many people think that it wouldn't matter if I was here or not. And it's just not true. That's such a lie from the enemy. Because you have such tremendous value and worth. And you need to be able to walk in that. And, and part of that, oh, we were singing as we broke out there, that Emmanuel thing, God with us. And, and I just, so Holy Spirit is with us now in this present life. And we have this great, great future we're going to talk about in a minute. We've had this great promise and the rescue and everything has happened. Holy Spirit's with us now. And the psalmist says that God is our refuge and strength. And ever-present, I like that, ever-present for us, Holy Spirit, always here, help. And I like this part too, I think it's important, in trouble. Anybody here ever been in trouble? He's always with us. And, And so, no matter what happens, because we know the hope that we have, and because Holy Spirit is with us, um, we can make it through any circumstance, 
Anything that happens, all the difficulties in life, and there are difficult things. It's just part of the deal. It's a fallen world, a broken planet. The enemy's defeated, not departed. There's still things that happen. But, but we live differently because Holy Spirit's with us. And, and we have purpose, which makes a huge difference. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork. That, that word handiwork has always been one of my favorites. Uh, it's often created, uh, translated masterpiece. It's from the word poema, which I like even better, that you're God's poem. You are, each, each one of you, you're God's poem. And you like that, that you, know, you know how someone takes and writes a poem, the time that it takes and the thought and everything. That, that's, see, God thinks that about you. And you were created in Christ Jesus, our life in Christ, now to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. These, all these amazing and wonderful things that God has in store for us in this life. And, and we impact people in ways that we might not even realize. But that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're supposed to be out there um, yielding to the Holy Spirit, listening for Him. And then, and then you know, going His way, because His way is the right way. And as we do that, it makes a big difference uh, in, in the world around us and in our own lives. And, and, and so, you know... All of that is this amazing and wonderful promise that God wants you to have a full and abundant life now and forever. And so Holy Spirit is with us now to help us in that life. So you have a wonderful life. You matter. You make a difference. God has plans for you. He's using you. And you just never know where and how it's going to happen. And if we, if we get a hold of the bigger picture, it's kind of easier to get out of the center of the story. And then just let him use us. And you know, you're going you're gonna to run into people and meet people. And you never know. Sometimes people just need a smile or something. Although they can't always see it now with a mask. But... Uh, you can you, you give them a little smile and just bless and encourage and pray and do all those things. It makes a huge difference. And when we enter that, we get to experience that life in a wonderful way as well. And then third, it's, it, it's all caught up in this, that you have a wonderful future ahead of you. That, that we are part of the most amazing story. And we have this wonderful future that, that, uh, that we're a part of. And I love what Peter says. First Peter 1, 3 and 4, he says... Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. So let's make sure we understand that. When we come to know Jesus, we have new birth. We are, we, we've already entered into our eternal life with him. I, I say, you know, we're, we're people of the future, uh, you know, living in the present. But these things are overlapping all the time. And heaven and earth are overlapping. And we're walking in that overlap. And a significant thing has happened when we come to know Jesus. And through that, we're, we're born into a living hope. A living hope. This hope is, is a living hope. You like that word? It's, it's alive because of the, all that it brings with it and the promise that it has. It's a living hope that's changing things through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of what Jesus has done. When Jesus overcame death and rose again, he was the first of all of us. And he was new and different. And, and he was the first. And, and he set in motion things that are going to happen for the planet to be renewed. And for us to get new physical bodies. Because, so, see, that's the end of the story, right? Heaven, heaven comes to earth. New heaven, in Revelation 21, comes to earth. That's the connection. We, I think we often have thought that we just sort of, we just pop up. That's the end of the story, and we go to heaven. But it's not how the story really ends. And let me say, you know, heaven is pretty cool, um, and because uh, into an inheritance, never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Heaven is, is, is cool, 
But it, it's not what I think a lot of people are expecting because of that whole heart cloud thing. Um, here's, and there's not a whole lot of scripture about heaven. And people say, oh, why is that? Because I, I think that we have enough scripture to describe the reality of what most of it's going to be. And the description happens again when new heaven, read about new heaven coming to earth and how it's set up. There's your description of what it's going to be like. And it's going to be awesome. You go read Revelation 21. There's no more tears, no more pain, no more. He's there. There's no need for the sun because he's the light and he's always with us. And whew, it's going to be really amazing. But, but you know, don't, I don't want to short you on heaven either. Heaven is going to be really cool too. And that's what happens to us. That's where we go when we sort of transition. If we, if this one fades out before Jesus has come back, we'll transition right into the, right into heaven. And most of the description of heaven is Revelation 4, 5, 19. They're around the throne. That's what's going on. And, and so let me give you my thought. So, so that, because I, I don't want you to be freaked out when you pop in. And you don't have a heart, and there ain't no cloud. And you ain't got wings or nothing. And you're like, what, what, what's that? <laughs> wings are for angels. You, you're going to pop in now. Let me, and let me tell you, just because I think some of you might be shocked. It's loud. So, because you read Revelation 4 and 5, and when you read it, you can tell it's loud. And 19. Because around the throne are... People worshiping, and, and there's these beings that have these wings and eyes, and I think they'll grab your attention for a moment, but they're pointing it. They're gonna, you're going to get it right to the throne, but you'll have an eye on them too, because you ain't never seen anything that, like that floating around, and how that works, and they're, they're worshiping, and there's angels there worshiping, and the elders are around the throne worshiping, and the saints are there worshiping, and they're going back and forth, and it says it's like thunder rattling. That's what it feels like. See, it's happening around the throne. And when you make that first transition, that's what you're, you're going to walk into that. And you're going to be, you're, it's, woo! I, I don't know how else to get there. You're, you're just going to be like, wow! And, and, so, you know, heaven and earth overlap. We pop in there sometimes, but it's going to be your experience. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're wow, you're, everything going on, and it's all holy, 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 and you'll, you'll, you'll be doing that, and you look around, and then you'll see somebody, and you're like, hey, oh, excuse me, holy, holy, holy. You're good. Listen. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Can you guys say that? This side of the room, not you guys. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord... Is the Lord God Almighty. Try that again. Now, you guys, who was and is and is to come, say that. Now, just this side of the room, say that again. All right, now listen. You guys, I want them to say that part I taught them. And as soon as they finish, I want you guys to say the part that I taught you, all right? So you guys start. Hold, go ahead. Okay, so my first row over here just beat everybody. So, And I thought I was giving you guys an advantage because I gave you Henry. Well, you got to do better. So we're going to try it again. All right, because now listen, this is what's happening up there right now. There's this echoing thing going on, and they're, they're pretty well caught up, and we get to tap in. So you guys try it again. Go, start with Holy. Go. Well, now they beat you bad that time. 
So we got to try it again. But this time, it's the last time, I promise. Because like, how long is he going to do this? You just popped into heaven and you're... <gasps> okay, now this side, go. And then, here's what I think happens. Before you know it, before you get a chance to be bored, because people say, before any of that happens in heaven, Jesus goes, all right, guys, let's go. New heaven comes down to earth. You get brand new physical bodies. I'm bending like this right now because my knee hurts. (laughs) My shoulders hurt too, but... Brand new physical bodies, guys. See, that was the, that's what Jesus had. That's the promise. See, you don't need a brand new physical body if you're going to float around on a cloud the rest of eternity. You're not. New heaven comes to renewed earth, and God fellowships with us, and we're going to spend forever and ever and ever in this relationship with him, and we're going to have adventure after adventure in these amazing bodies that never wear out, and there's no more mourning or crying or pain or any of the stuff that we dealt with, and we're just hanging out together, and we're loving on one another, and he's loving on us, and we go on and on and on and on and on. See, it says the in, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And so some people say, well, that's because it's in it. But what did I just tell you about heaven, right? It's coming down. And what's that inheritance like? You need a little more hope than that? What's that inheritance like? There's this scripture. I know I've told you about this scripture, and it fascinates me all the time. I don't think people really get a hold of it. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Holy Spirit. Dwells in you. God. (laughs) Dwells in you. And somehow, that's a deposit. That's a percentage of your inheritance. Can you even imagine? That's our ultimate hope. So you keep your hope there. And then when things happen in life, okay, I know the story. And I know what's coming. And God, you got me. The Holy Spirit, you're in me now. And, and all of this is happening. This amazing inheritance is going to take place. And Paul says in Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you remember his promises and you've seen how faithful he is and you know he fulfills them, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's in you, so what? You can overflow with hope. Why do you need to overflow with hope? The world is desperate for hope. Now more than ever. Be hope-filled people. This season and every season. Don't give up. Press in. Hang on. God is amazing, and he loves you, and we have this amazing story and promise that we get to live out forever and ever. That's the first part of Edmund. Pretty good start. <laughs> Pretty good start. Alice, come up. Let's pray. So let's just ask Holy Spirit to come. And meet us here. And so we, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come. And, whew, just meet each person right where they're at. There, there are some people today, God, just... They're weary and they're tired. It was hard to even get enthused a little bit about hope. But I pray, God, that that you would just meet them and stir them and let the promises 
Awaken their soul so that hope may flow through them to a world desperate for hope. I pray, God, that you would move into those places that need a touch from you, into the weariness and and into the anxieties and, and into all those things, and that you would make a difference. Holy Spirit, you're our comforter and encourager. You, you lead and you teach and you God come in all those ways and make a difference. And, and I, even now I pray that there are some of you who just, you're, you're burdened, that this burden would be lifted from you right now, broken off of you in the name of Jesus, and you would experience life again. Be able to, it's like, be able to really breathe again. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. So I felt like earlier today that the Lord showed me someone, you're right on the edge of a big change. And I'm sorry. I know there's been a lot of change. But I, and I'm not sure what it's about, but you're right on the edge of it. You might not even know it's coming, but this is what the Lord wants you to remember when it does. And this specific phrase is going to mean something to you because it, it is not something I would normally say. So it feels weird even saying it, but that God's got your six. So when you walk out into that change, hold on to that, okay? And then Pastor Georgina came up to me just in between services, and she has a couple scriptures for people. And the first one is Isaiah 61.1. And it's, I feel God wants to remind his people that he sent Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'll take that, the year of the Lord's favor. And then she has a Psalm 23. God wants to remind his people that he is the good shepherd who with his staff and rod guides and protects. Amen. Amen. Listen, it all starts by knowing Jesus, right? This whole amazing thing. Just asking Jesus to be Lord and Savior of our lives. The scripture says, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we, we enter into this amazing story. So it's not complicated. It's so amazing because of what he's done. It's just that, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never done that, do it now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And, and whether you're here or watching online, that's the beginning of everything. I just want to know, if you would just text that word to me, heart. To that number so that I can celebrate with you. And as you said yes to Jesus and you're part of that story now. And it's, it's just the most amazing thing that could ever happen in your life. What a great story to be invited into. Thanks again, church, for your generosity. Uh, you, you constantly amaze us. Alice and I talk about that all the time. Thank you for your continued giving and offering and tithing and all the things that you do. If you're watching online, that's the way for you to do those things. Or even the text thing you can do here as well. There's, for the, there's offering boxes kind of tucked here in the point center. And some over by the nativity over there. So uh, those are available to you. Thank you for all of that. Let's sing the doxology. And then we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Ah. Uh...
May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. If you're leaving the facility, you're going to go out these doors, please. They'll be open for you so you don't have to touch anything. Have a great day. Hope your team wins. Get out there and catch some fish. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dead. And uh, God bless you guys, and we'll see you soon. Okay? And we want to say uh, goodbye, everybody, and uh, thank you for being a part with us today. Yeah. We really, we, we know that you're with us. Yeah. And uh, we're doing everything we can to make sure you feel really included and involved because that's how we see you. And so, you know, enjoy the hope that we have. And next week we'll be back and we'll talk about peace as we continue to press in closer to Christmas. Have a great week, everybody. We miss you. We love you. And we're praying for you. And we'll see you soon. Amen. God bless you guys. Bye. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.